0: welcome to the I want to party with Bob podcast that was my pirate voice and guess what tonight has a slightly nautical theme uh, today is August the 3rd it's a Saturday had a lot of audio system issues tonight so kind of a late start coffee is worn off jitters have not eh, not at the top of my game maybe but we'll see how it goes so, tonight is episode eight. We'll be talking about the Star of India and the Berkeley, which are both ships of very historical significance that are docked in San Diego Harbor down at the Maritime Museum. Uh, a lot of history with both of these ships, a lot of ghostly activity, and that's what the focus is tonight. So, I'm going to try and really keep it, you know. There's so much history for both of these ships, especially the Star of India. I'll try and keep that down kind of to a minimum and focus on the ghosts, because the ghosts are what are important here. Don't you think? Should I switch back to the pirate voice? Well, let's talk a little bit about some things before I get into the ships, matey. (coughs) Excuse me. First of all, I'd, I'd like to thank a gentleman by the name of Bear Cub, odd name for a fellow that's not a bear, I guess. Um, He's the brother of an old, old friend named Bear Paw, known him for years, known both of them really for years. Uh, Bear Cub is 35, Bear Paw is 40 years old, five years apart. Bear Cub is a captain of boats. He's a sailor. He's been sailing... You know, since he was a kid, basically, uh, he ended up volunteering and worked on the Star of India for a while, which is definitely, you know, one of the focuses of this podcast tonight. Uh, he eventually ended up getting his captain's license, more or less, you know, the, my nautical expertise is up to par, I think, to for this podcast, but, you know, for a true... Uh, Nautical experience—you might want to go with somebody like uh, Captain Bly or something. I don't fuck. I don't know. Whatever. It's cool. I think we're good with what I've got for this one. So here we go. Um, it, Bear Cubs, captain of a tall has has I should say has captained tall ships, which it's a large what they call traditionally rigged sailing vessel, like a schooner, a brigantine, or a bark. Um, think like a pirate ship you know think like something with a bunch of sails and ropes and a guy up in the crow's nest going land ho. you know uh you know a guy with a blindfold walking the plank sharks circling below that kind of shit it's uh you to think pirate ship that's i mean that's kind of the best way i can put it in layman's terms really um bear cubs he sailed all over the world really he's been through the Panama Canal all kinds of stuff it's pretty crazy to know a dude who's done something like that who's sailed on one of these older kind of traditional ships that you know maybe you see in movies you know you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean right you know that part where Jack Sparrow swings around and says something clever well you know that kind of ship that's what bear cub has done so he he reached out to me he offered me some help and said hey if you need any info on the vessels of the type of the star of india i've got some good info and he gave me some great stories some great historical things some ghost stories that i i had done some a lot of research on the ghosts of the star of india specifically uh and he threw a couple at me that were not that i couldn't find anywhere else so that was really cool of him to do so again Big thank you to Bear Cub for helping me out with that. That was seriously awesome. I owe you one. Maybe a beer the next time you know you you are uh, going around the Cape of Good Hope or something. We'll see. Um, also in this podcast, I'm going to do something a little different. I've got a promo that's going to run about three quarters of the way through the podcast for another podcast called Freak Nation which is a pretty cool podcast. I'll get more on that later. So that'll be coming up. And also at the very end of the podcast, I think this is something I might start to do kind of here and there is throw a song by a band that I really love at the very end, regardless, you know, if I'm doing an interview with some bands or something like that, I'll be putting a song from them at the beginning, at the end, that kind of thing, like I've done in the past on the last couple of interviews. In this case, when I'm doing something like this is gonna be primarily a, a paranormal focus type of thing I'm still gonna throw a song I like because this is my podcast, and I do what I want so get that through your head, and we'll both be cool with that all right, man I'm telling you, dude, I like I struggle tonight i'm I'm still kind of pissed off my I just changed audio interfaces it got like a really nice audio interface to use cuz I'm dedicated to my craft, you know what I'm saying? And it, this thing man, it fucked up my whole game. Here, I had to redo everything. I started recording, my computer crashed, everything went to shit. And here we are. I'm happy now. So let's talk a little bit about ghosts. First, let's talk a little bit about the Star of India. Um e- the Star of India is docked, like I said earlier, in San Diego Harbor at the Maritime Museum. Uh, that's located in the Embarcadero area right off of Harbor Drive, kind of just a little bit west of downtown, a little northwest of downtown, I should say. That museum is super, super rad. There's a, a ton of ships and sail- you know, ocean-going vessels, I should say. Star of India is kind of the main attraction. Yeah, the That's kind of what pulls people in. Got a lot of info on it that's pretty cool. So uh, the Berkeley Ferry is another ship that's supposedly haunted there with some ghostly and paranormal activity. Um, it, huge, like, maritime history exhibits on the Berkeley. That's where the gift shop for the whole kind of museum organization is. That's where they hold all their meetings and, you know, Etc. cetera. Uh, the other vessels that are there, there's a replica of an old ship called the HMS Surprise. It was actually used in a movie. I think it was Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. Never seen it. Uh, I think that was when Russell Crowe was kind of entering his like gnarly crazy face. Like, didn't he punch somebody or something like that for looking at his wife? I don't know. Like I always, whenever I see that dude, I'm kind of like, uh, like a Aussie man accent in my head, you know, like, oh, you know, oh, look at that Sheila, bam. Anyways, see, that that's something they're T- totally unrelated to what the subject at hand is. But however, <coughs> hang, hang on, hang on, just gotta wet my whistle. I, straight from coffee to Asahi tonight. Um, in my frustration, I think I deserve to come down a little bit you know, my frustration over my my audio issues earlier, I'm new at this game, man, so bear with me, Uh, the, hey, god, I didn't even take my pause, I just keep talking like an idiot, you know, I think that's the coffee that's fucking kicking me in the nuts here, like, it's not helping matters much now, so I, I got, I have to, I'm trying to figure out how to pace between the two, and it's like, it's it's tricky. That's there's a balancing act there that I'm not very good at yet. But I'm getting there. So yeah, here we go. Uh there's also a Soviet submarine at the Maritime Museum and a submarine called the USS Dolphin, which is a American submarine, United States of America, that is, you know. And uh, there's a pretty, they're both kind of, both those subs, just a s- little side note, both those subs were built around the same time, and there are striking differences between the two, like the the sub from the United States Navy that's there is, like for a submarine, it's pretty cool, I mean, it's pretty comfortable looking, the Soviet ones, kind of like, you know, we put you on two, and fuck you, maybe die in ocean, I don't know, I don't care, go kill something. You know, it's like, what what the fuck, man? They threw these guys in with a couple boxes of rice and said, fuck, go blow some shit up. You know, hopefully they're American capitalist pigs. I don't know. The American sub, on the other hand, is pretty, very, like, much more technologically advanced, I should say. Did I struggle with that word a little bit? Technologically. Okay, good. Um, Just making sure I'm still, you know, in prime form to continue on here. And it appears I am. So you got your subs. You got a replica of the Medea, or no replica, dude? Okay, the Medea. It's actually an old yacht from 1904. Rich people sailed on yachts, you know. So fuck them to this day. Uh, There's a replica of the San Salvador, which is the ship that Cabrillo or Cabrillo, depending on who you talk to, say he's Portuguese or he's Spanish. I don't know. They, I don't care. That's totally unrelated to what I'm talking about. So. Moving on. Uh, Cabrillo, you know, he's the guy who discovered San Diego and California and by discovered means, you know, brought their plague of bullshit religion and smallpox and all those nasty, horrible things that literally pretty much killed like 90 percent of the people that already lived here and had already been doing pretty good for you know thousands and thousands of years. So yeah, it's, it's just like St. Patrick liberating Ireland from the pagans. You know, the pagans had been doing pretty fucking good till that asshole brought his bullshit over there. So, next St. Patrick's Day just remember that um you know, oh oh the her- he's the hero of Ireland. Yeah, you know what he did? He brought fucking, you know, bonfires where they burned people in. To Ireland and to the rest of the world, and that's what all those assholes did. So, fuck a lot of that. <clears throat> there are a few more boats there. Don't really care about them. Not too interested in them. You know, there's like a the I don't know what when some dude from San Diego won the America's Cup many years ago, and he was this like sunburnt, you know, Fred Flintstone looking dude that. That A replica of that ship's there, you know, pride and joy. Oh, yay, You fucking won a race in a boat. I care about as much as that as I do, like, who won the last NASCAR race. Like, I totally give two shits about that. There's not a lot of history there. It's like, oh, you know, look, it's, you know, it's another, some other rich asshole in a boat, you know, pretending to be like Magellan, you know, discovering the world and shit. No, no, no. It, I don't care about them. So there we are. That's that. The Maritime Museum, as much as I just kind of went on off on a tangent about it, is really seriously super super cool. Uh, we have memberships there for the whole family, me, my wife, and my son. It's a great time to go and just kind of check things out. They you can ride on a pilot boat, um, that's like kind of a replica of a Vietnam era boat that they used to, you know, again blow shit up in another country. Hey, go go USA. There's- drink a beer dude that's like it's like the more I talk about what these boats are used for like the more depressing it gets you know it's kind of like oh that yeah that's a beautiful beautiful boat isn't it yes it is it's very nice what did they use that for well they you know they fired cannons at natives off of um, New Zealand you know the Maori that lived over here for thousands of years they they got mad because you know they looked at them cross-eyed, and so they killed all of them using this boat. Oh, oh, good. Okay, well, that's a happy fucking thing. No wonder there are ghosts all over the goddamn thing, because people, they're still pissed off when they're dead. I would be too. I mean, I would haunt the shit out of anybody or anything that killed me for a stupid reason, right? You know, if some, like, MAGA hat-wearing moron ends up taking me out at some point, you know, you bet your ass... I'm going to be haunting the back of his piece of shit pickup truck. You know that, right? Like, I'll be lurking around his gun rack, and every time I hear him say some racial slur bullshit, I will do my damnedest to just ghostily slap the shit out of his head. I guarantee you that. Moving on to the Star of India. Kind of the whole reason we're here, besides my constant um, tirades... I guess I am in like a slightly bad mood tonight, aren't I? Well, you would be too if you were me at this point. The Star of India, The History of the Boat. It was originally... Ship. Boat, ship, same thing. Uh, it was originally called the Uterp, which was named after the Greek muse of music and poetry. It was built on the Isle of Man in the year of 1863. Now, the Isle of Man is located between it's an island between Ireland and England. Um the first voyages the ship took were to India and they were trading mostly for uh jute, which was, you know, kind of a substitute for cotton. At that time, you know, the United States of America was in the midst of a civil war, so Britain couldn't get any cotton from America. So they had to use this jute plant or substitute, whatever it is. I didn't research it too much. Not relevant to what we're talking about here. So the, uh, the U-Turp, that's what it did. It would sail to India, pick up this jute stuff, sail back. The ship was kind of unique for its time. There weren't a lot of ships of its type. It's an iron hulled ship. Iron hull, H-U-L-L. It's Actually, you look at it from afar, and it looks like it's a wooden hulled ship it's the hull is made out of iron you know the decks are all wood the cabins a lot there's a lot of wood on the ship you know the masts are wood um the helm is wood everything else is wood but the actual hull of the ship it's iron much stronger than wood you know i don't know how it does in water i again you know i didn't do a ton of research into what um the actual functioning of the ship and all that, because it's not that's not super interesting to me. It, it fair, it is a tiny bit, but not that much. Um, the the when you get inside of the ship and you start looking at it, you see all the giant rivets that they use to hold the thing together. It's pretty gnarly. It's really cool. Uh, so the rest of the time that they were hauling around, not the rest of the time. I'm sorry. It, that's something I should probably edit out, but I'm like too lazy to actually edit the podcast in a fine way. I believe in being myself and I do, I like myself and I like the things that I have to say. I hear myself talking in my head constantly. So this is just kind of an extension of that. Uh, the ship did get off to a rough start. There was a mutiny. Um, you know, all the guys that led the mutiny eventually got arrested and got jailed probably back in those days they hung him. i'm sure because people were so cool back then you know uh the ship got damaged by storms there was a captain who died during in the middle of a voyage and they buried him at sea so it had a pretty rocky start to its life in 1871 the uterp was sold to another company, who still continued, you know, trading back and forth, carrying goods from India back to to Great Britain. Um, that only lasted a year before it got sold again. And now the next phase of its life began, uh, where it began hauling passengers from Great Britain, England, specifically to New Zealand and Australia. They'd haul freight and they'd haul people. They'd haul emigrants from England to New Zealand. And this is where an interesting ghost story later on comes in, and it's the 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 emigrant phase of it is a pretty interesting part of its history. That I, you know, I'll say it again. I'm beating the hell out of this subject by saying this. Like I'm not gonna get too much into the history, but if you ever do get a chance to go to the boat to check it, just to see what it's all about, I would go. It's really really cool. You can see uh, stories from the emigrants that were on the boats. And how they lived while they were on the ship, where they lived. You can see all that. It's super cool. So it did that for 25 years. It hauled passengers and freight back and forth from New Zealand, from England to New Zealand, I should say. The ship was sold again in 1897 and sold again in 1899. It was finally sold in 1901 to a company called the Alaska Packers Association that company was based in san francisco and this is where another phase of the the ship's life begins they refit the ship they changed you know the the sails the mast, the yada yada the things have you ever seen the movie throw mama from the train <coughs> fantastic movie by the way at the very beginning of the movie billy crystal is teaching a creative writing class right and I think you see, like, Danny DeVito sitting in there. He's taking the class. And there's a lady standing up, and she's telling – she's reading a story she had written, which, yeah, you know, like I said, it's a creative writing class. And she stands up, and it's it's supposedly taking place on a submarine, and she says something, blah, 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 raise the thing, Dave. And what she's trying to say is, like, raise the periscope. <clears throat> So I did do my research a little bit on this because I didn't want to get too much into, you know, that fucking that thing um, that holds the sails. You know, I I got some of my shit together on this one, but I, my whole point with that is just saying I didn't wa- I wanted to be more specific than the lady at the beginning of Throw Mama from the Train. Highly recommended movie. Pretty pretty great. If you've seen Goonies, it's you know the evil mom in Goonies is the mama that gets thrown from the train or they try to. I just spoiled the whole movie. Cool. The uh, So the ship was <laughs> changed the things. Uh, they began taking coal up to Alaska and fishermen, and they'd come back from Alaska with canned salmon. So that was their next—the next phase was more or less not a fishing boat, but they would transport— Fishermen and goods up to Alaska and then bring canned salmon for sales back in, you know, like the continental United States or not continental, really, Alaska is part of the continental United States. It's just, you have to go through that goddamn communist Canada to get to Alaska and fuck on your way up. You might get free healthcare. Holy shit. What a horrible concept that is, isn't it? Yeah. I could use some of the like free mental health care at this point, I think, uh, all right, that's great. Uh, <clears throat> while it was doing the Alaska run, they the company that owned it changed the name of the ship to the Star of India from the Uterp, and that was in the year 1906. And they named it the Star of India just based on its the very beginning of its history when it was being used to go travel to India and back, and yada yada. So by 1923. The Star of India, as a ship, became basically obsolete. It tra- only traveled under sail power, wind power. It didn't have any engines of any sort or anything like that. Uh, steam-powered ships by 1923 had phased out uh, the, the, the usefulness of ships like the Star of India. So in 1926, the Star of India was sold to the San Diego Zoo, uh, where they, you know, I should say the San Diego San Diego Zoological Society, they had planned on building, you know, an exhibit like a museum, just like it is today. Back in 1926, they wanted to exhibit it and make it kind of a tourist attraction kind of thing. Well, the Depression and World War II came into the picture, and kind of that got put to the side because people had way more important things to worry about than making a museum out of a ship, apparently. Uh, it wasn't until 1957 that people actually started restoring the Star of India to turn it into this museum so that it is today. They didn't finish it until, I think, around, you know, 1973, 70, 76 was the, the next time the ship actually left where it was docked in San Diego and sailed. So that was kind of the beginning of a new... The new and kind of, you know, final era for the Star of India, um, 1976. And interesting fact, actually, the the Star of India is the oldest ship in the world that still sails. The oldest ship that, you know, it was built, like I said, you know, way, way, way back in 18, what, 1863, did I say, earlier? Yeah, I'm not keeping track. Well, I got it right. I have it in my notes, but I, don't, I just don't feel like flipping back right now. Um, but it's pretty cool it's still they do it every year usually I think there's some days like in September or something like that they actually take the ship out around the bay and you can buy tickets to ride on it's really cool so that's all good and you know glad to get the history part out of the way so far into the podcast I was hoping this would be a fairly shorter one um, without me just blabbing on and on but here we are Uh, let's get to what's most interesting to me at least and hopefully to you if you're listening to this in in the the uh, idea that you're going to hear a little bit about the ghosts on the ship so there's some pretty cool ghost stories about this ship that i've i've read about i actually think you know in my mind i at least i believe i did experience some things that could be said to be maybe paranormal definitely a little on the weird side for sure so let's let's get to that now uh it during the years that the ship was sailing back and forth to, to New Zealand, a gentleman—I shouldn't even say gentleman—it was a kid. He was supposedly around 15 years old, named John Campbell, stowed away on the boat. Well, he got caught. He was on board the ship. He'd sneak around, you know, grab some food, whatever they ate back then. Like they ate biscuits. They called them biscuits, and it was like this hard bread. It's not like a biscuit like you think of, like, oh, I'm going to get me some biscuits and gravy. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's more like eating, like, a stale stack of Ritz crackers or something. Like, no wonder people back then didn't have any teeth. It was either, you know, they didn't ever eat anything that was really very good for them. And, I mean, unless if you're rich, shit, keep circling back to the rich thing and how much they fucked everybody else. Isn't that interesting? You know? Isn't that interesting? I think it's very interesting. I think there'll be a podcast about you know fucking revolution at some point in my life. I'm sure. <clears throat> Beer break. Oh, thank you very much, Asahi. You know, you my only friend. So, uh, John Campbell was a stowaway, got caught. So what they did with stowaways you know don't believe the shit where they'd make them walk the plank or anything like that i'm sure they yeah they might have whipped him they were brutal in those days like you should read some history of like it, what they did to people for punishment on ships like in the especially the royal navy now this was not a the star of india or the uterp at that time was not a royal navy ship by any means but you know if you did so, they're like oh you didn't you didn't mop that deck good enough well, they do a thing called flogging you around the fleet, where, say, you know, you had a fleet of, I don't know, maybe five or six ships. They take you, and you could be in the Royal Navy. You know, you could be like a 12-year-old kid that they found sleeping somewhere and grabbed you and go, okay, guess what? You're in the Navy now. Good for you, you know? Fuck no, it wasn't good for anybody except for, again, the rich people. i got to stop that, man. It just pisses me off. So they flogging around the fleet they give you like 10 lashes on one boat they put you in a little boat send you to the other boat let the captain of that ship beat the shit out of you on that one send you to another boat until you know maybe you die that's how it was that shit was no fun i don't know how there's even humans left now when you read about historical shit like how are there even i don't know how we've survived as a species it doesn't seem like there's any way we could have possibly made it to the point we're at you know without all of us just dying off from like you know like this flog flog around the fleet like well that means like you're gonna borderline kill the guy like five times until maybe he dies and if he doesn't die from that he'll die from an infection if he doesn't die from that he's gonna die from scurvy so you might as well just jump off and let the sharks eat you some fuck it like Why am I, why would you even bother? I don't know. That says a lot for the determination of humans. You know, let's get back to the ghost part before this podcast turns into like a four-hour me being just a total pissed-off idiot. So John Campbell, they made him part of the crew. They put him to work. Well, he was up in the rigging on the mizzenmast, which is the mast at the very rear of the ship, or what they call the stern in nautical terms uh he was about 100 feet up and apparently you know he was waving to another crew member and he had actually enjoyed working he now he didn't have to hide anymore he got his rations you know so he was a happy camper um he was up about 100 feet in the mizzenmast and apparently he used one hand to wave at another crew member and he fell you know, rough seas, whatever, a wind, a gust, who knows? It was pretty dangerous to be on a ship in those days, like I've I've kind of been saying. Um, Both his legs got crushed, got pretty mangled. He died three days later. So to this day, now this is a little information that Bearcup gave me that I wasn't able to research on my own. The ghost that kind of lurks around that mizzenmast at the stern of the ship will set the alarm off on the ship and there are tales of, you know, like strange lights kind of floating around and people also like feeling cold, like people feeling a touch on their shoulder from him. So they, you know, the thought is, well, this John Campbell guy is kind of lurking around where he died and saying hi to the tourists in the, uh, you know, the flip-flops and socks that just got in from Germany. Uh, <coughs> The kitchen area is also on the top deck of the ship. That you know, right about a little bit closer to the bow, closer to the the uh, front of the ship. Um, the kitchen is supposedly pretty haunted as well, though no specific ghosts. You know, they say you can sometimes you can smell uh, fresh baked bread, even though the kitchen's not in operation. They do use it from time to time, though. But you know, um, they also say there's a whole rack of pans kind of hanging on one wall in there. And hopefully I'll I'll post some pictures, um, on the website that, you know, where you can kind of see some of the stuff that I'm talking about. Cause there I took, I beat recently, (coughs) excuse me. You know, I know it's bad form to leave in coughs and burps and all that stuff, but, um, I'm not going to bother editing this shit. You know, I, I don't know. Altenia that are listening. See, I moved that up from five that I said last time. So I am growing, you know, one, one, one person at a time here. Uh, you know, I'll post some pictures that have, you know, these locations like the Mizenmass where I was talking about John Campbell a couple minutes ago to this kitchen on, or galley is what you call it, call it on a ship um, where these pans, when there's no wind and the boat's not rocking or anything, will supposedly move on their own and kind of clang around. So um, I didn't notice anything in that area or at the mizzenmast when I was walking around, and not like I'm this big like magnet for ghosts or have any psychic abilities or even would pretend to, but I did feel some things. I'm getting to that slowly but surely here. <coughs> Gosh, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. I'm It's very unprofessional of me. I know. Oh, let's have another sip of beer. All right, so the, one of the more interesting deaths on the ship, that resulted in, you know, apparently some paranormal activity or ghostly activity is in the chain locker. Now, the chain locker is where they would store the the chains that would lower and raise the anchors for the ship. Um that's back, you know, back, I'm sorry. That's at the front of the ship, at the bow of the ship is where the anchors are located. It looks like there are two of them. It looks like there's one on each side. Because there are two chain lockers, two big giant chains. Now, these chains are, the links of these chains are huge. Probably, you know, six to eight inches in diameter as far as the thickness of the link itself goes. And the links themselves are like a good foot and a half, two feet long. So they're, I mean, they're huge and heavy. Well, there was a dude one day who was in one of the chain lockers, which are just basically giant boxes that the chains get stored in when they raise the anchors and you raise the anchors by means of i believe it's called the capstan up on top of the deck on the upper deck of the ship where you stick a pole through a hole and then you kind of walk around it in a circle (coughs) jeez excuse me again man it sucks i'm coughing i shouldn't be coughing at this point moment but uh, yeah there it is so as they're raising the anchor, the chains are just slowly getting kind of dumped into these big giant boxes and there's a dude in the bottom of one of those boxes when they started raising the anchor and he's slowly slowly getting crushed to death by these huge huge super heavy chains and he's screaming and screaming like oh stop, stop, stop well they're he's you know like two or three decks below them they're up on top of the ship you know for all I know, they're singing a shanty Yo, ho, blow the man down. Do, 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 do. You know, something like that, I'm assuming, um, is what sailors do, right? So, regardless, this poor dude's getting crushed to death, screaming, stop, stop. Well, eh, and then he dies. So, in that area, what people say is that it really gets really cold um, and they get you feel like really uncomfortable and weird. And I'll tell you, I was there, you know, taking a bunch of pictures and kind of looking and I hung out there for about 10 minutes and I didn't feel cold or anything like that, but it was, it was super creepy. I was totally by myself for like around 10 minutes until a group of tourists walked in. And then I finally just bailed <coughs> the, um, it, I did get some pretty eerie, like strange feelings not going to say, you know, I experienced anything paranormal. Maybe I did. I don't know. I I did not feel good or comfortable to be in there. And honestly, I was pretty relieved when this group of tourists kind of walked towards me. I was like, oh, geez, like, okay, good excuse to get out of here because it's pretty tight quarters. You can't actually go down to the, the locker. It's like it's blocked off, but you can look down. There's a whole kind of, you know, fenced off area that, where you can look down. So I got a bunch of pictures of that and it yeah i I didn't feel real stoked to be in there, so supposedly that's another haunted spot on the boat now here's a great story that uh Bear cub told me about um it, the boat one of the things that it did was you know it took people to New Zealand from England, like I was saying um you know he Bear cub told me a story that he had heard. I should probably edit all these coughs out, dude. It's not good. You know, who knows? I don't know. I've been asking, you know, what's the point of it being like a super polished podcast? Because you're not getting the real Bob at that point. I hope you realize that. This is is me, dogs. Um, This is your homie, Bob, right here. Uh, So Cub was telling me a story about a British Army officer who was being transferred, you know, to a new post in New Zealand from England and was not very happy about what was happening cuz it New England New Zealand at that point was a, a a fairly new colony very far away i mean it took the quickest the star of india at that point it was still called the uterp was to, to get to new zealand from england was about 100 days so think about that i mean that's close to you know it's 3 months and a little over a week to get there that's a pretty long and it, if you go on this ship, and I hope you do after this whole thing, if you do hear this and you're listening, because it is super cool, um, it wasn't a very comfortable trip. I mean, it's not like today, like a nice cruise ship where you have a room with a TV. Oh, no, dude, the bed's like, no, I don't know how they slept on these boats, man. I don't know how they did anything. And they crammed as many people as they could into this thing. So this dude was an officer in the uh, English Army or British Army. So, you know, he probably got one of the better bonks, better areas, but still not a not a great place to spend like three and a half months of your life, I'm sure. Well, you know, supposedly this guy ended up trying to commit suicide. So he slit his own throat. He, the ship's doctor saved him. Now, the doctors of the ships on these that are on board the ships during these voyages, if everybody on, you know, they got a bonus basically for everybody that survived the trip. Saying, well, if you take care and make sure that everybody survives, we'll give you X amount of, you know, shillings or whatever the hell they used back then. I don't know. Um, yeah, they weren't they weren't uh, dollars. I know that. Fucking dollars, America, man. Um, so this doctor runs over, sees this guy like bleeding all over the place, saves his life, stitches him up. You know, the officer, it goes, oh man, like. I almost died, you know, okay, well, uh, all right, I'm going to do the best I can, I'm going to try and make this, make this all work, and well, they were going around the Cape of Good Hope, which is the very, you know, southern tip of Africa, hit some stormy seas, dude fell off his bunk, ripped all his stitches out, bled out, died. So they say in the crew area, you know, the, 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 the kind of the bunk area for some of the better passengers or however you want to say it you can sometimes still hear like a the sound of feet kicking on the deck as he was bleeding out and choking to death and the sound of choking that's in the aft cabin which is towards the stern of the boat so didn't experience any of that myself but yeah that's pretty that's pretty gnarly uh one of the last stories that that bear cub told me this which, which is you know really sick very sad but kind of cool in its own way there was a recent death on the boat fairly recent this it's 2019 now Um, one of the volunteers that works on the ship died in 2010 he was actually up in the rigging working and he had a heart attack and fell into the bay now what they say is he was dead before he even hit the water so he didn't die from hitting the water or anything like that and i guess you know what i'm saying is why it's kind of a good thing or whatever is you know the guy died doing what he what he loved and a lot of those the volunteers on the ship are old re, older retired people that are doing it for fun and you know busy just to have a good time kind of so good for him and in a, in a sense he died doing what he loved well supposedly he's one of those that joined the cacophony of uh, ghostly voices on the boat <coughs> my gosh man i am coughing a lot tonight and I'm sorry to focus on that, but there it was. So that's probably the newest ghost on board of the ship. Let me tell you what I did experience when I was on the ship, and it was it was pretty weird. Um, I've been on the ship in the last week twice. Uh, we went, you know, last weekend, more or less, like a fun and also kind of a research trip. Uh, I was, I was walking around towards the stern of the ship on the deck just below the upper deck or the main deck or whatever and I was kind of by myself my son was kind of checking out some other stuff my wife was further back and I was just kind of walking around looking at stuff and I felt really really uneasy like oh like kind of queasy you know and I go well the ship does move now it does kind of bounce around a tiny bit it is on water I mean, it's very securely fastened to where it's docked, but um, it's on water, so it does move, and it wasn't from that. I just did not feel right, man. I felt weird, you know, and so I'm kind of, like, looking around, like, oh, why do I feel so weird all of a sudden, and I heard a door latch and unlatch, like a chink, 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 and I look around, and there's, I'm in an area where only the staff can go, kind of, as far as, there's probably two or three doors right there, and nobody's around there's literally nobody else right you know within like probably 20 feet of me and I stood there for a few minutes and waited to see if somebody was going to come out like if there's somebody a staff member in one of the cabins that the doors had access to or something and nobody came out (coughs) walked away still feeling very uneasy and as I did, you know, again, didn't see anybody come out. so that I I'm pretty sure that was something paranormal that I saw man, and that's a trip. It, I was not super stoked about it. I felt pretty weird. So there you have it. That was my experience. and also like I was saying in the uh, the storage area for the chains where that one sailor died that got crushed by the chains. I did not feel stoked to be there either. It was not like, like oh, this is a weird place. Like I didn't feel like I should have been there. And like I said, I was happy to see some people come up that made me, oh, God, yeah, there are other humans here. Okay, good. All right, so that's my story for the Star of India. So now let's move on. I'm going to do something a tiny bit different on this podcast. So I'm going to do a promo for another podcast here about three-quarters of the way through. Now this Podcast is called the Freak Nation Podcast. Um, they are self-described as the queer para travel podcast you didn't know you needed. I did listen to their podcast, and it was pretty entertaining. They went on, um, you know, kind of a, um, a a tour, let's say, of some ghost towns and abandoned towns in the southern part of Texas. I think Southwest Texas. And it was really cool. I enjoyed the listen. They, there's three of them. There's two ladies and one gentleman, and they talk back and forth. Uh, they really do their research. They do a ton of research. You can tell it shows very factual. Um, you know, They do touch on, like I said, the main focus is kind of paranormal travel. They talk a lot about you know possible hauntings and things like that and different cool mm-hmm. things to do in these areas that they're discussing. So it's worth a listen. Well, here's their promo. So I'm going to take a little break for a minute run their promo and we'll be back in just a couple of you know, seconds
1: did you know it's believed giles corey the man who is pressed to death during the salem witch trials cursed salem and all of its future sheriffs or that the highest concentration of ufo sightings have occurred in southern colorado which is also home to a ufo watchtower
0: or that the oldest and possibly haunted gay bar in america is cafe lafitte in exile in new orleans
1: If this interests you and you want to hear more, then you should check out our podcast, Freak Nation, where we explore the fringe of society, one city at a time. It's the queer para-travel podcast you didn't know you needed.
0: All right, we're back. I'm back, I should say. So let's move on to the last stop in our visit here to the Maritime Museum of San Diego and the Haunted Ships of said Maritime Museum. Uh, The next ship is the Berkeley. It's a steam-powered ferry. It was built in 1898. Uh, They operated the ship for 60 years, and it would go from San Francisco to the East Bay. It is kind of most known for, you know, what it did during the earthquake of 1906, earthquake and fires that basically leveled San Francisco. It was hauling people... Out of San Francisco to the East Bay, um, kind of a rescue operation. It, you know, like I said, they used it for six years. That's a long time. It didn't haul autos or cars, just cargo and people, and that's it. It came to the San Diego Maritime Museum in 1973. You know, there's not a lot of information out there on the actual, like, paranormal or ghostly activity on the ship. What people say, you know, the reports are people don't like to be on the ship by themselves. Like a uh, somebody who works for the museum, uh, being by themselves, walking around, feeling uncomfortable. Um, they've said they've heard voices, seen shadows, heard door slamming. You know, objects will move around like they have an area kind of in the um, the second from the top deck. I don't know what it's called exactly. You know, like I said, never was in the navy. Or a boat guy too much boat ship vessel whatever. Uh, they have a bunch of displays with pamphlets and stuff like those things would get kind of moved around like they somebody would put one out in one spot and then come back the next day and it would be someplace completely different or the next morning you know not when any people are around so there's something going on who knows where these ghosts came from possibly maybe you know I, I couldn't find any information doing any all the research that I typically do I couldn't find any information on where uh you know were there deaths on the ship like did anybody fall off or what happened I think my guess would be that people that were being evacuated from San Francisco to the East Bay there were deaths from that possibly I don't know I'll tell you what I did run into um at the very bottom of the ship is the boiler that would actually produce the steam that would power the ship and it's a huge area, huge steam boilers, like a giant furnace. It was super creepy, super gnarly creepy. I will definitely post pictures on the page, on the podcast page itself, of a couple of those areas because, man, it was gnarly. I filmed some stuff and didn't really see anything weird. But I mean, the whole time I was down in the boiler, I did not feel very comfortable. Now, I was pretty much by myself. I went there, you know, last night, which would have been Friday night, August 2nd, and I I didn't, like I said, I didn't see any weird lights or anything like just kind of a vague, uneasy feeling. Now, what a lot of these, you know, haunted ghost shows like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, and Ghost Adventures, by the way, you know, you know who I'm talking about, those beefcake guys that go around saying, we're gonna go find some ghosts. Ghost Hunters is a far superior show. Those guys seem actually pretty cool. Um, they've seen some weird stuff. Apparently, though, there's been... They've faked some stuff I've heard, maybe? You know, I'm I'm trying to be honest here and say just, you know, this, these are feelings. Like I said on the Star of India, I heard something that I would believe to be possibly paranormal activity. You know, I don't know for sure. Maybe there was somebody hiding back there. who I don't know. You know, but it... I didn't see anybody around so there you go. The on the Berkeley, I just felt weird and I felt like there was somebody behind me or something like kind of following me around and that's another thing that people say. Now, I did go into the ship kind of uh, with a little bit of an expectation like oh, I'm totally going to like dude, it's haunted. There's like not that many people around here. Oh god, you know, like with a certain amount of like anxiety and fear, I would say. But I, I honestly, it, I did not feel right. Not my normal self. And I know what I feel like when I get anxiety because I do from time to time. <clears throat> and this was not that typical anxiety. This was different. This definitely felt like something or somebody was behind me when I was down in the boiler area. It was trippy. I Go check it out. That's all I can say. See how you feel. Maybe I'm just imagining things. I know they say you know they generate like EMF fields, like electromagnetical field or whatever, and that makes your body not feel right because it's not a, a an air. You know, when there's an electromagnetic field around you, you get anxious and you get maybe get a headache and you feel like lightheaded and weird and you just oh you don't feel normal. That's kind of what I felt, but it, what I felt was more seriously a feeling of being watched and it, i guess in EM, emf fields they do say you get kind of a sense of paranoia so i didn't smoke fucking weed before i went on the boat i guarantee you that because i don't do that shit that's for people who play too many video games and like play guitar in bands <coughs> yeah, there's a little humor there for the end of the podcast that's basically all i got you know i i again like i say of most of the places that i go to That's me stacking papers, my notes, all five pages of them for this one. Jesus Christ, I'm almost at an hour. Um, Yeah, I talked a lot more than I thought I was going to, and it's way later than I thought it was going to end up being because of my little issues before, but this is fun. You know, I had a great time talking about it, doing all the research in this podcast. I learned a lot, and that's kind of why I do it. It's very uh, interesting to me, especially you know the paranormal aspect is something i'm very interested in because i have no clue what really happens like when we die or anything like that just for the record i'm i have no idea i don't subscribe to any specific belief system you know that says like well when you die you go here well or, or we're here or whatever you know i just i just don't know i don't know so maybe there are some things lurking around there go check it out yourself it's regardless it's a great if you're into any kind of history or just, you know, going on a ship, you've never been on a ship. I have zero like nautical experience whatsoever other than being on like a boat, you know, out on a lake or I've only been on a boat in the ocean probably two or three times in my entire life. Or, may, or maybe a little bit more than that, but regardless, not a lot of experience on my end. Um it is a great place to visit, a great place to support. The people who volunteer there and work there are truly great people that are taking care of some pieces, important pieces of history for all of our enjoyment. So support them in any way you can. That's a San Diego Maritime Museum or the Maritime Museum of San Diego is the actual official name. Amazing place. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, As I leave you tonight, I think this is like I was saying at the very beginning, a new tradition for me that I'm going to start here on episode eight of leaving you with a song, you know, slightly unrelated to the topic at hand but it's a song by a band that I truly love it's a brand new song for a record that's coming out soon uh, the name of the band is Chagrin and <clears throat> it is filled with friends of mine in fact the one of the guys in the band is the bass player in Till Wheel the band that I'm in and he's an awesome dude they're all awesome dudes they are all fantastic musicians great great band uh, name of the band is Chagrin, once again. And the title of the song is Belgian Lace. I'm going to leave you with that. Have a great night. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate it. And whenever you want to party with Bob, I'll be here to party with you. New tagline. I like that. All right. Thank you and good night.
1: While you prep another cold embrace on the Northwest winter's eve, I'll let Santa Winning red, singing through trees. And as the dead leaves of a palm branch crash into this.